Welcome back to the TNT BNB podcast. On these episodes, we'll be bringing in a guest host to discuss certain categories of movies. Categories such as movies around the world, franchisees, and genre. Certain directors, actors, actresses, and so much more. So sit back, mix a drink, and enjoy. Listener beware, we will be spoiling the shit out of this. Here we go again. We are back off category this episode, and we're taking a look at Harrison Ford films. But we added a caveat to that, since we already did Star Wars. We also knocked off Indiana Jones, because there's a good chance we could just do that as a franchise eventually. (laughs) So both of those were taken off the list, but everything else was... No, What Lies Beneath was also knocked off from a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So everything else was fair game. Yeah. All right. And we got a little surprise this time. So I told you we're drinking stuff on the racks now. Okay. And this is? This is actually Burl and Sprigg's barrel-aged spiced rum. Okay. It's bottled in Muskegon. Okay. um, But it has a little hint of vanilla to it. Um, drinking it straight on the rocks. It's 80 proof, but it's really good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's really smooth. I mean, it was 25 bucks for a fifth, which is not terrible. It's a micro distillery, so. Yeah. That's not bad. So the question is, why on the rocks? Um, <clears throat> to be honest, like, uh, I have been trying to cut down on drinking as much so putting stuff on the rocks is a little smoother you don't have the soda with it it's just you know i've been trying to count my calories too i'm just trying to do some changes so it just okay, makes cool, things cool, cool. a little bit easier just to sip on something good but not sit there and drink a lot of it like you can have cool. like a couple you could have like two on the rocks and you're just at the right level also, at the same time, you know, if you're drinking all that Pepsi, whether it be Pepsi or Diet Pepsi, that carbonation makes you feel so full. Mm-hmm. It Absolutely. does. Yeah. Yeah. But it is. Well, we it does sound good. I would do it, but I don't know. You, I don't think I could. Because cinnamon. My head. Yeah. That's spiced. Um, but we did buy special crystal glasses for this whole experience. So we got really nice hey. Rogaska crystal glasses. Which, are these double executives? Is these are double calling? executives, yeah. These are pretty pricey, <clears throat> thanks to the Discover Rewards. I got them for free. <laughs> okay, we got to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what do you got going on? Um, I have, well, it's an extra large size. Um, I am drinking a dirty martini. Okay. What okay, kind of so vodka? I have, well... I am actually doing a different vodka this time. Everyone be in shock. I mean, Not normally say, nope, we're doing Tito's. Nice. I had a Tito's. Um, but I have it with feta stuffed olives. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So, and the uh, um, olive juice. Olive dirty, of course. Yes. But uh, literally, the the martini glass size is probably double the size you would find at a, like a oh, restaurant. That's how we roll. That's yeah. why we got the w, double executives over here. Like, bigger yeah. the better. I got my little shaking tin out, and I was shaking it. And I'm like, you know, it just sounds really good. It's, you know, a nice drink just to, like, 
bring me down today. Um, have not, I cannot tell you the last time I actually had a dirty martini. And then Jim's mom had one the other day and I'm like, you know what? Give me one. And I'm like, it, I actually kind of sucked it down pretty fast. I was like, okay, we need to probably drink those more often. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I can't do dirty martinis because of the olives. Yeah, I don't like olives either. I cannot stand olives. Really? Yeah, you know, olives are one thing I cannot do. I don't know. I mean, I think it's. Good. I don't have. Oh, go ahead. I think. I think it's. I don't know. I just. I mean, I think it gives it that salty flavor. Okay. I mean, I suppose you could do it with anything else. I could give it salty. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not like a Gibson. I don't drink it with, like, the pearled onions oh, <laughs> into that. Yeah. yeah. That sounds really yeah. bad. <clears throat> but yeah, I think a, it, that's a gift. Olives wrecked me because my family always put it on their pizza, and I just, ugh, ugh. Nope. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it either. I mean, there's a time and a place for them, so, yeah, understandable. But, no, I just I wanted a nice, calming drink because I was afraid if I walked in the store – and I and I popped the open of like a long drink, you know, the, the canned drink of long drink, you know, the finished drinks. Mm-hmm. I would have chugged like three of them in like three minutes yeah. easily. I wanted to actually take the time to prepare the cocktail to sip on it and See, not have to get, garf it down. That's the whole point of sipping something on the rocks. You're just sipping on it. You're enjoying it. You're not gulping it just to gulp it. And it's refreshing. Well, well in all honesty, I think... Because we were just on vacation. That's why it took us longer to do this podcast than the last time. So, everyone, we apologize because I was on vacation. Then I came back and worked like eight straight days without a day off. But when we were on vacation, we honestly, I don't, I think there was like one time I was feel, <laughs> feeling really a little, little toasty. And that's because I was double, well, I was triple fisting it because she was bringing me margaritas, champagne, and I had beer at the same time. I was oh, like yeah. chugging all three at the same time. Way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It, you know, it was. It was a day, and I had to go with it. You know, but yeah, I mean, I, I just couldn't make up my mind. So she brought me all three, and I'm like, well, this isn't good because she just brought me all three, <laughs> so I have to drink them all. And I did. And the point is, I ordered that round like twice. I'm like, well, give me two more, and do it again. And then I'm like, husband's like, Jim's like, we gotta go to dinner yet. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. Let's figure. Yeah, I know how that mm-hmm. goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Blast vacation, but mm-hmm. yeah, the first dinner I don't remember. Okay, well, who is going first tonight? Oh, that's me. Yay! So, I have to say, there's some movies that I've been really interested in seeing, or. There's one that I wanted to see and then that I haven't seen before. It just became available on Netflix, so I watched that. That's one I chose. But Which one? Um, I'll name it after I talk about I I went with a newer Harrison Ford. Okay, not a problem. But if I could have rewatched it again, which I've seen multiple times regarding Henry is always like one of my favorites of that. Um okay. I always like regarding Henry. Henry, I always like The Witness, the older Harrison Ford movies. Those are great. But this movie kind of got to me. Like, it was a, one of those mind-numbing, I don't know. It's just a whole change of a movie to an extent. Um, thing. So I chose The Age of Adeline. Okay. Um, 
It has a Blake Lively, um, Michael Huseman, Harrison Ford, Kathy Baker, Alan Bernstein. Right? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yes, Bernstein, yeah. Um, Amanda Crew. Um, yeah, some, you know, bigger, bigger, bigger uh, actors and actresses. But I got a 7.2 IMDb. Um, I'm not seeing a meta. Um, and then we have up here. Oops. Sorry, I have like 8,000 things open here. Okay. It's not allowed to be that way. Go ahead. Um, tomato meter of 55%. Audience, 67%. Um, worldwide, it made about 66 um, about oh, sixty-five point seven million. Um, this came okay. out in twenty fifteen. Um, the director. Let me shoot back down to that. Uh, the director. I hate these damn IMDb pages. Uh, Lee Tolan Krieger. Okay. So. This movie starts off with Blake Lively. Um, getting it into a car accident. It's been a while since I saw this. I, this was one of the first movies we watched of this. Okay. Um, but she got in an accident and the car bait and she drowned it, but then got struck by lightning, which kicked her heart back <gasps> up. Okay. Gotcha. This gotcha, was gotcha, like gotcha. around turn of the century too. 19. Yeah. This something. is like 1920s, 15, yeah. something like that. So with that happening, she stopped aging. So throughout the years, she had to like, I think it was every 10 years, she had to like move and change her life. But she had a daughter and she had to get rid of her daughter because they were, her daughter was starting to look older than her. So they, they split ways like when she was in junior, junior high. Mm hmm. And so as the years go by, like she's still in touch with her daughter. Her daughter knows that she's, you know, switching towns and changing names and jobs and stuff because people are going to start realizing that she's aging or not she's aging. aging. Yeah. Yeah. So she let the best or she let she basically let herself fall in love. And she fell in love with this guy. At first, she kind of pushed him away, but it was her daughter, I believe, that told her, like, Mom, you need to be happy, this, this, and this. And so she started hanging out with the guy, and she stayed a little bit longer. And when I'm first watching this, I was like, okay, where the hell is Harrison Ford? Yeah. And the guy asked, her to go to his family's for the weekend she shows up at his family's house and Harrison Ford is his dad well before she met the dad you see that when back in the 60s I think it was 50s um, she met this guy and she was supposed to meet up with him at the park and there was a ring he saw that she saw that he was going to propose to her so he ran so she Ran away. Like, she's like, I can't get it proposed. Like, I'm not aging. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Harrison Ford. Ah. And so the son is dating Harrison Ford's old girlfriend. 
Who didn't and, age, yeah. And who didn't age. And when she walked in, he basically called her by her real name. And she's like, that was my mother. So she played it off as her mother. And then he said that her mother died and this and that. And as they're hanging out at the house and everything, he starts seeing different scar, like a scar that he um, patched up of hers. And then he's like, you are her. And basically, he's like, you can't hurt my son. This, this, and this. And long story short, she like goes in a rampage and steals a, uh, her boyfriend's car and just starts flying down the road to head back home. Mm-hmm. As she was heading back home, she got in an accident again. And same thing happened, got struck by lightning. No, no, it didn't. No, she got pulled out. And then by the... What, yeah, it was the... Uh, paddles that no. got her back to life. By restarting her heart, that res- that restarted her life to start aging again. Okay. And so, long story short, her and her that boyfriend be- live happily ever after. They age together. Um, presumably, they show. Presumably, but they they show them a year later together with her daughter, who is now an elderly woman living with them because mm-hmm. she came clean. The point, some of the things that you missed was when she was driving away, she had come to the conclusion that she was done running. She was ready to tell the truth to her current boyfriend and... Harrison Ford's character. No, Harrison Ford's son. Okay, Harrison Ford's son. No, I'm just saying, and him too, right? Oh, yeah, because she she stopped and then she wanted to go turn around. That's when she got hit by a semi. Yeah, so that's when she got in a car accident. She realized she had to come clean. But it was also super awkward when she was spending time with the family because Harrison Ford is, like, fawning over her openly in front of his entire family. Yeah. It was very awkward. And, like, his wife is like, what the hell are you doing? Like, that is your son's girlfriend. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean. I just thought the whole concept of this movie was very creative. Harrison Ford played the jealous, crazy, people didn't know what was going through his mind kind of acting during this. Um, he has that good, like, dumbfound look. Like, he just does that, the Harrison Ford look. I don't know if you know what I'm saying when I say that, but plain stupid. Or he just has that, like, it's weird. I don't know. I picture it in my head. It's hard to explain. But... Yeah, I just think he did a really great job with this movie. And for being one of his newer ones, it was pretty good. And he he was a supporting role in this, too. It wasn't like a Harrison Ford film. It was a Blake Lively film with Harrison Ford in it. Exactly, yes. Well, this has got some... Okay, so this has got some, like, premise of, like, several movies... Um, awake. Yes. I okay. That. Um, because and then the one with Colin Farrell, God help me, so there's like in 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 the cold, in the deep, or whatever. Remember, it's in like the New York, whatever. And then the other one is um, Dan Stevens is in it. 
it's the vampire one where, you know, uh, Alicia Silverstone is running away every time because she's the vampire. She's the, the good vampire. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you would yeah. probably. Yeah. It was one of those stupid, like, kind of like weird little comical vampire, which actually is a pretty good one. But it's got like a little mixture of everything. It's like they know that people can notice them aging. So they, like, they keep on moving up and picking away and leaving loves or people behind. And then the whole heart stopping. And restarting is kind of cool. You know, that's how that resets their time clock or resets their brain. I mean, that's cool. And you kind of think about it like, well, why didn't you ever think about that in the first place? But at the same time, paddle, lightning, different turn of the century, you know, there's like, that is a good premise about how, how you live so many different lives and everything is intertwined and inter interconnected and i swear to god i've seen bits and pieces of this movie so as soon as you said it i'm like i swear to god i saw the ending of this movie i didn't see the beginning but i saw the ending mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and there and in the beginning there was a little bit of a government aspect to it that was trying to chase her down and figure out how this was happening and that's okay, why okay. that's why but, she tried to uh, yeah that's why she bailed on her daughter not bailed but Trying to keep her daughter safe. Yeah, and uh, okay. that through line of the story kind of disappeared in the second act. That never really came back. But that government. Okay, gotcha. I don't know if she just outlived everybody who was after her or what, but that kind of disappeared. Mm -hmm. Which I wasn't a huge issue for me anyway. It yeah. was a subplot that they didn't develop. Sorry, I was eating an olive. No, oh, you're fine. It's good. Oh yeah, it's awesome. But, um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> all in all, I mean, I like the concept of the movie. Harrison Ford does a great job as a supporting actor, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, so, I mean, it's very interesting that you're also choosing a supporting actor movie for him. You know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think... Not that he's old, but he's getting older. I mean, that's a great transitional part for him because he can develop every movie line just by being in the cast. He, I think he has such potential to. Well, he can help. Like, he can help build the younger crew, like help them become better actors and actresses. Give them hints. Give them stuff while he's working with them. He doesn't always have to be the lead. And not only he's that, just having his name attached to any project gives yeah. it instant respectability. Yeah. He's just so he's just so well rounded that I feel like having him attached to anything, whether it be bad, bad or good, it's just it adds something to it there's a different dimension there i mean now that you mentioned it so guess what and this is the thought because how many times do you think about this everyone has siri or google or whatever hey google that new harrison ford movie the one with blake lively who do you say first harrison yeah, ford yeah. i'm sorry blake i'm sorry blake <laughs> you're out there hearing this but but a lot of the times people search via an actor that they recognize first to get where they need to get to. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That does make more sense sometimes. And I'm, I'm thankful that not that I'm saying he should be pushed to supporting actor roles, but I'm glad that Hollywood is recognizing him for his ability to add 
that depth to a movie by using him. That's oh, what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, anybody that loves Harrison Ford as an actor, they just see his name in it, maybe not as the first, second, or third, but he's in it. They're like, oh, yeah. shit, I want to check that out. I mean, yeah. Now, where, okay, first of all, where is it streaming? Netflix. Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Just want to double check, you know, make sure, you know, just so people know. It's like, yeah, once again. They just added it um, just two weeks ago, I think. So. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Oh. oh, I might need to take another drink soon, but that's okay. We'll keep on talking. Um, if you hear any shaking from a shaker, that'd be me making another drink. Anyhow. No worries. That happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I if I'm going to rate this movie, I would go a seven. Okay, okay. Where was this, now was this located, where's the location on this? I mean, I don't want to say. It was in California, I believe. California. Well, it started in California, but she ended up in Oregon. So West Coast-ish. Yeah. Okay. I was just trying to figure out, does it look more East Coast vibe? Or are they like trying to do old school family? Or But, you know, yeah, California, because, I guess we are going, yeah. So they're based in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And she got upset with her mom because her, or not her mom, but her daughter, because she wanted to go to retirement place down in Arizona. And she's, like, and she's like, mom, I'm moving. Or her daughter, like, it's so weird to see an older and a younger but I mean, she's like, that's why I got the farm twenty five minutes away, so we could be close. And I don't know, like it seemed like, you know, that was a thing too. The father of her daughter, her mm-hmm. initial husband, died in the building of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yes. Oh, okay. So there's a little his- history thing going on there. You know, yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah. And at the same time, I think Blake Lively. And it's a fairly decent actress too, you know. There's... She is cool as hell in real life too, like her and um, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, they're a great couple. Like, I don't know, she doesn't drink, and he owns a liquor company or did, and <laughs> and he just bought that whole entire football team. They bought into a European soccer team. Oh, did they? Yeah. Wexham, Wrexham, something. Yeah, yeah. It's on Hulu now or something. They have the whole thing going on. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Fucking balls. So, yeah. yeah. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Yeah. Uh, so, seven. A seven. So, okay. Yeah, I'm I gonna... give it a seven. I mean, 7.2 ish, but yeah, seven. That sounds good. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would highly recommend watching it. I mean, I thought about watching it a second time around before we did the podcast, but. Then you get sucked oh. in your new TV shows, and then you're done. <laughs> yeah, we know how that is. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, on to you okay. or on to Tom. On right. Tom. So I think we were wise to take out Indiana Jones and obviously Han Solo because 95% of the population was going to pick one of those two as their favorite Harrison's forward movie. And that's why the whole thing is I'm glad we didn't do any one of those because for, you know, obvious reasons, if you think about it, Harrison Ford has done, you know, the, you know, the re, you know, you know, Reacher, what, you know, he's done many, I don't know, want to say, what do you want to call series? The, even the fugitive, you know, it's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, and he's, that's where he's associated with. So to actually take him out of that. And to see him in 
not not an independent indie movie, but like an independent standalone movie means a lot. Right. Yeah. So, and like he was saying, regarding Henry, was not available to stream anywhere. Another one that Which is really I know, just I weird. That was weird. Six Days, Seven Nights also wasn't available anywhere. And she just passed away. And she just passed yeah. away. Yeah. Which is totally tragic, I think. Oh, God. Yes. Burning to death? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. But, yeah. yeah. So I went with another, I mean, I I would call it a staple in his filmography. I know a lot of people have trouble with the movie, but I like it a great deal. And I even like the sequel a lot, is Blade Runner. Oh, yes. Came out in 1982. Thank you, Lord. There's an IMDb of 8.1, a Metascore of 84, a Rotten Tomatoes of 89% tomato meter, 91% audience, mm-hmm. had a $30 million budget. Domestically, it was $32,914,489. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, $41,722,424. It was directed by Ridley Scott. Written by Hampton Fancher and David Webb Peoples, based on the Philip K. Dick novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Which, have you ever read, by the way? No, I have not. I haven't but... read any of Dick's stuff, to be honest. But I know it's he's pretty prolific in movies. Like A lot of his All books want... have been remade. I saw Blade Runner. When it released. And I also saw it when they released when um, it's, you know, they uh, did the director's cut, like, what was it, 15 years afterwards, whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God. Seriously. And there's like three different versions of it. Oh, there's so many different versions of it. The one that I watched was on Netflix. I think it was a director's cut, which doesn't have the monologue or the voiceover at the end. No. I don't remember which one is more highly regarded, but... You have the original, you have the director's cut, and then you had the anniversary release one. And I feel like the anniversary release one added like an extra 15 minutes of um, time, oh, you know, really? and yeah. And the whole point is just, it's Ridley Scott. The visual on it is just, and I don't want to, I don't know, diminish Ridley Scott. Or, but I just want to say, think about it. You know, you have like, you know, they're going through this huge cities and the visual of the the skyscrapers and all this stuff and everything's Asian. I just want to point that out. Think about Serenity later on with Josh Whedon. Yeah. I mean, I can just so see it. I mean, Ridley Scott is such a genius. I mean, it doesn't matter. Okay. um, I need to. I need to stop gushing about Ridley Scott. We need to do Ridley Scott release. No, we can't do it. We've already done him so many times. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I'm just saying in general we can because I think we've covered everything of Ridley Scott. We can't do any more. We can Scott. do. We can do like a overview of Ridley Scott. Maybe there's a documentary and then talk about all of his different movies. Maybe there's an idea. Yeah, I don't know. but I'm just saying. Yeah, I I interrupted. I just want to say, it was where I see when I go into a Ridley Scott movie, I expect well i know i'm gonna get great acting 
but my expectations of visualness is just exceeded every single time. Absolutely. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Fine. Go ahead. It's the vodka. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I mean, Harrison Ford plays a kind of cop who's called a Blade Runner, whose sole job is to track down and uh, basically kill replicants, but they call it retiring replicants. And the main antagonists of the film are four replicants who staged a semi-coup off-world and stole a ship and came to Earth for the sole purpose of just trying to stay alive because they have a four-year shelf life. Mm -hmm. So their whole goal is to get to the head of, was it Tyrell? Was that the name of the company? Yes, Tyrell. Yeah, Tyrell. Which gets me confused with Game of Thrones, but so they're trying to figure out a way that they can extend their lifespan. They're replicants, they're androids, so they're stronger, they're faster than normal humans. And they were all developed by the Tyrell Tyrell Corporation to do this mining off world and this world and that world because a human just couldn't do it anymore because the toxic environment. But at the same time, they kept on making them more and more human, yep. which eventually is backfiring. Yeah. And okay. they're the side that they're want to live and they have feelings. And like, it seems like, ah, oh, fuck. I can't remember. Rucker Howard's character is in love with Daryl Hannah's character, which androids shouldn't be able to do in the first place. Batty and which she uh, did great. Oh, yeah, press. I'm trying to think about you know because you got you know the the other guy, the toy maker. Oh my god, seriously, what's his name again? Yeah, um, it's been too long since I've seen this movie. Oh my god, I love this movie. I mean, that's Sebastian? the point. You're Sebastian. Sebastian, but the point is, is I mean, he basically fell in love with her, and I I know that she fell in love with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, because of that, you know, the fact that, you know, you know, Daryl Hannah was, you know, this is, she's at the peak of her game in this one. Yep, you know, there's sure. not a question on that one. Um, trying to look. I mean, this is kind that. of the peak of Sean Young, too, before she kind of seemed to lose her mind. Glue, glue James Wood's penis to his leg. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you got, um, uh, Emmett Walsh is Bryant. Daryl Hannah is Pris. William Sanderson is J.F. Sebastian, and he's like he's that guy. And then so Rucker Howard, Rucker Howard is Roy Batty. Yeah, yeah. But and that's the cool thing, you know. I mean, not that we want to take away from, in case we do spoilers alert for Blade Runner sequel here. You know, the Sean, you know, Sean Young's character Rachel. Spoiler alert. Yep. Is an android. Okay. But and then Harrison Ford falls in love with her too, you know, and that's the whole point. But she is almost close to perfect. Yeah, because they said like how because he initially gives her the I, I don't quite really understand the test that they give. Yeah, the with the eye and the eye thing, because they do reference that test, that emotional test later on in the next movie with Ryan Gosling. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but it's the pupillaries in the iris are expanded, contracted if they're human. 
but if they're not human, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And they even said with Rachel, like, she did. Typically, it takes 20 questions before you know for sure. And he asked her like 120 or something. Yeah. So she was that far advanced from what typical replicants are. Yeah. That was the whole point. So, yeah, absolutely. So you got that whole, you know, quite, I mean, I'm sure anyone that's listening to this podcast has seen this movie. I'm, I, I'm praying that they have. I, I really don't want to spoil too much, you know. But Well, I if you haven't seen it, then, yeah. See, me, it's been too long for me to even talk about it because I'm just listening because it's, it's been a – I can't even The fact it. that it – well, I think – okay, the way I look at – I'm going to comparison this right now. Once you use it, you use in a Star Wars reference here. I look at Earth and Blade Runner as Coruscant from Star Wars. It's nothing but one big freaking city in a wasteland mm-hmm. where there is no anything anymore. There is no trees. There's no more grass. There's no more anything. Everything is, if you want something real, it's really replicated. That's the way it is. Yeah. Just like you want something real. It's really replicated. Whether or not you're looking at, oh, good Lord. Well, I just made a reference that I just almost thought about. What is that? Uh, Tom Hanks, Cloud Moon, something or other. Yeah, Cloud Atlas. You think about it. Once again, you want something real. You know, when, you know, it's replicated. They're not real. Nothing's real. It's the, the whole Soylent Green reference and stuff you know like even when he's going after the first female replicant she's like is that a real snake yeah of course it's not you think if i could afford a real snake i'd be in this dump that's what i'm saying that you know nothing is nothing is real nothing's what you is what it seems and the funny part about all of that is this movie takes place in 2019 yeah thank you (laughs) like uh, yeah, Nothing's... kind of missed the ball on that one. <laughs> Just a little well, bit. But at the same time, you think about pre-COVID, a lot of things weren't what they seemed either, but now, I mean, I get it. Well, I mean, it's in the sense thing. that we're mining off-world and we have flying cars and all Yeah, that shit. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't do 21 Yeah, you might as well just shoot overshoot rather than undershoot with something like that. Yeah, that's the whole point. So we got the four replicants. Joanna Cassidy, Daryl Hannah, Rucker Hauer, and what was the other guy's name? I can't remember. Uh, He was Leon, played by Brian hmm. James. I don't okay, know. gotcha. You know, and then Joanna Cassidy, for her, for her most of her part, I mean, she's been a staple in a lot of movies, too, you know? I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, I mean, it had a strong cast for, what was it, what did I say, 82? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm doing my math in my head here. Did you I'm see it in think. theaters? Oh, of course I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm trying to think here. Um, We had Alien. I'm trying to get everything in between my head what he's done in between. I mean, I can't remember if he went right from alien to this. Um, or was there something alien? in between? For some reason, I feel like it was this to alien and this from this alien to this. For some reason, that's all I'm saying. I'm sorry. Right. I apologize. 
Because, I mean, Alien was like his second movie. And then it makes sense to like, give him this right after the fact. And the fact that we have major movie studios giving, I don't know, I want to say untried, untested, I don't know how you want to call it. But I think, I think movie studios were more willing to like take a chance back then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that completely. But yeah, yeah, this was, he did a short and a music video in between Alien and Blade Runner. <laughs> A short and a music video. <laughs> or at least God doing a music video. Okay, I'm taking a moment on that one. <laughs> so what music video is that? Roxy Music Avalon. Hmm. And the video Sounds familiar. And the video short he did was for Chanel number no. five. So it was probably a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Just choked on an olive, everyone. Just choked on an olive on that one. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, I know it's been a while since you said that saw this one. Yes. Now, now think about the visuals. Now, how you know, you know they find you know Sebastian finds Pris, and he basically comforts and he he doesn't care. And honestly, I don't think he cares if she's a replicant or not. He just wanted someone in his life because he's the toy maker. Yeah, I mean, to me, I always see him as the toy maker. So if it's the wrong title or whatever, and she just came. Is this before or after Splash? I believe oh my this gosh, was this before. before, I think. I figured it out. Splash was like 81, wasn't it? No, this is 82. So I swear to God, Splash was like 83. I think you're right. Oh, yeah. That's with Tom Hanks, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember watching that as a kid. Splash was 83. Yeah. Thank you. Once again, here I am. That's how old I am. Um, so what I'm saying is I just feel like that, you know, everyone was just in the beginning of their game in this whole movie. Maybe right now, Rucker Howard, but at the same time, at the top of their game. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I there are pe people that will argue Blade Runner is uh, Scott's best movie. I still go yeah. Alien, but I I can't hold it against it, somebody for thinking that either. Well, they're both visions. I mean, they are before. Well, it's based on the one book, but before this, Alien was Alien. We've never really seen anything like that before. Yeah. Now we have Blade Runner, and now we have so many other copycats on that, too. You oh, know, absolutely. we do. No. Absolutely. Yeah. The one thing that I think people would push back against this movie today is that Harrison Ford was, or Deckard, I guess, was kind of pretty forceful with Rachel at that one moment. Yeah. Tell me you love me. Like, tell me to kiss you. And like, oh, damn. That's the whole point. Yeah. Where does it stop? I mean, you're going to write Blade Runner here, and I'm going to be like, I mean, it's just so hard. It's like writing Alien. Yeah. And um, going, I mean, speaking quickly on the sequel, I fucking love the, the sequel. 
Right. A lot of people didn't like it, but Denny Villanueva, or however you pronounce his name, he can do visuals. And it was just as much comparable. And uh, they did tie it in enough with the original where it felt like a cohesive storyline. You're absolutely correct on that. You know, if anyone says anything, I mean, there's going to be so many naysayers out there that say no. But they had enough references, and they kind of, like, tried to tie up as much loose ends as they could while introducing a second plot line and then involving the original characters. Yeah. No, they didn't really didn't bring back Sean Young, but they brought back something similar. Yes. I don't want to say her, but similar. Right, right, right. And, yeah. I, and the, the original, I also like how they dropped that carrot that maybe Deckard mm-hmm. is... A replicant because he's never taken the test and they're like well okay that's interesting that's true that's so true um you know we're talking about this back you know we're talking about at the beginning of their careers and that it's their peak of their careers just a quick little thing because it's up on my thing right here because i pulled up on my um ipad you have gene hackman was considered sean connery jack nicholson mm-hmm. Paul Newman. I mean, they were to try to, and I look at all those people and I'm kind of like, no, I don't think anyone could have done it other than Harrison Ford. Yeah, I I mean, I can understand considering them beforehand, but after seeing Harrison Ford in the role, like, no, it's not going to work the same. Yeah. Evidently, Debbie Harris turned down, Debbie Harry turned uh, down the role of Chris, too. Just let you know. Really? Now, was there a Blaine Runner show? No. Okay. I, I think they should so. make it a show. It could be an interesting HBO Max or Netflix. you could make a show in that universe. It doesn't even have to be about Deckard or anything. It could just be set in that world. Yeah, that then that's a good idea. You know, the whole point I is having replicants. About that. I was just thinking like, why hasn't anybody jumped on that idea? Does somebody own the rights possibly? Once again, you're looking at the whole rights going on. You know, mm-hmm. we've we've talked about that stuff. Hence you watch Near Dark with the video. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah. People's video rights will always be intact as long as they can have them intact. Yeah. If I were to well, rate this, like I said. You got to rate it. I, I want to hear your rating first. I, I think Alien is his magnum opus. So I think I gave Alien a nine. I'll give this an eight and a half. Well, I know what I gave Alien, but. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think this Gladiator and oh, yeah. Alien are his top three movies you can and you can put those in any order you want i won't be angry at you but i think those are his three okay what are you doing i mean it's been almost too long for me to even rate it because i mean i mean i'd give it a safe eight right now i'd three watch and maybe give it higher I don't think you'd like this movie as much. It's pretty dense, it's slow-moving, and it's pretty heavy sci-fi. Yeah, but, I mean, I'd look at it as a whole movie, like, when it came out and stuff like that. Yeah, that's fair. But... No, you got to also take into effect whether or not 
he might be under anything and the visuals are there. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Uh, for me, it's always a 9.1. The see it when I saw it initially and then see it again, it's cut. I mean, when they came out with the anniversary edition, of course, I went and saw it. Absolutely. I can even tell you what guy I was going with to see it with. <laughs> and I'm married to another guy at this point in time in my life. But I can tell you the boy I was dating at the time and his name and we bought tickets. I mean, that's bad. That really is bad. Yeah. Well, that's a good yeah. memory, though. It is a good memory. So the memories with Ridley Scott are there. And that's why I think he's one of the most. I think he's one of the. I respect him probably most of any of the directors we've we've talked about recently. Yeah, it's hard to argue, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's my turn. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, and I just made myself another drink. Anywho, um. <laughs> Before you say, I was I was kind of expecting you to have this one as well. To be honest. Um, I actually thought about it, but. <sighs> There was something about me that wanted to do something different. No, that's okay. Fair. And it, get it. and it's not even that. It's because when I tell you the scenario that I went through, you're gonna laugh. So I chose a movie that is it's streaming, but you have to buy it. Okay, I'm just letting everyone know. Okay. I'm not cheap. But the point is, is I know that I have it on VHS. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, so I get into my closet and everyone knows how much, I don't know. I don't know if these people know how much clothes and shoes I have, but I go into my closet or my closets and I find the VHS recorder that I've had maybe since 1989. Throwing okay. out there to everyone. And I'm like, yep. I know this, and for me to, to hook it up to a TV in this house, a VHS recorder. I need to stop drinking at this point in time. So I'm just kind of like, okay. So anyways, I finally eventually hook it up to the one TV, which there's a little thing that you need to do, which I don't want to talk about that. But I chose a movie that I have on VHS because I didn't want to spend the two ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> to just run it. I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, but the point was, I'm like, I have it. It's right here. I'm holding the VHS in my hand. Uh, I chose Frantic. I don't know. What? Interesting. Interesting. Um, now, that's also going to another thing. And the fact that this came out in 1988. I'm pretty sure I got this in like 1989, 1990 when they released it on VHS. How do I have this VHS? I do not know. I'm thinking because I've never returned it to the video store. <laughs> Somewhere out there, there's a video store that went under because of me. I'm just pointing that one out to you. You have but, a $350,000 late charge on that. There we go. That's a, you know, and that's the funny thing. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, okay. So, okay, well, I'm going to go with Frantic here. Frantic is um, a 1988 American French neo-noir mystery thriller directed by Roman Polanski. Another reason why I chose this one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Harrison Ford and Emilio Singer. Um, so, it's got an IMBD of 
76% for Rotten Tomatoes with a 66 on Metacritic. Okay. So the reason why I kind of like chose this movie, um, I like, not that I want to see Harrison Ford be that calm, cool, I'm in charge of Indiana Jones. I'm going to get through this. Just let me kick some ass going on what I'm doing. I'm Jack Reacher. I can just do this. I can kick this ass and go on. You know, I don't mean to be that person. Or I'm Han Solo. I'm all that in a bag of chips. I wanted to see him struggling. Okay. And he's where he is befuddled, bemiffed. I don't know what to do. My wife has disappeared. I'm just beside myself because I got caught up in Lord knows what. I'm the man with the run red shoe. No, Lord knows what I'm doing. My wife took the wrong bag at the airport, and now she's been kidnapped, and we have this whole espionage thing going on. Okay, the man who knew too little, the man who knew too much. Right. Um, Roman Polanski. Um, this is during, he's directing this, of course, you know, he's still blacklisted, whatever you want to call yeah. him, because he's the whole thing, whatever, going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a great director for well, what he is. No, no questioning that, but. Absolutely no question about that. You have um, Betty Buckley in it, who's from Adam Enough. We're looking at 1988 here. Okay. So let's go over some numbers here real fast. Okay. So release in February 16th, 1988. It was released in the United Kingdom first. Then 26th in February for United States, and then March 20th for in France. So it's supposedly like... An American French version is um, you're looking at 20 million budget with only 17.6 million recoup. So it was technically it was a loss. Right. Okay. But its critical response was beyond phenomenal. Gene Siskel, Robert Ubert gave it two thumbs up. You know, they're saying it was a great job. And at the same time, the reason why I chose this also, because watching this movie again, the only thing I can see is Liam Neeson playing this now. Okay. So the basic synopsis of this movie is he's a medical doctor. He goes over to Paris with his wife and she gets, she grabs the wrong bag at the airport. She, when she realizes she grabbed the wrong bag at the airport, she tries to open it with her key once again key back you know it's kind of like <laughs> retro you know so she makes a phone call to the airport meanwhile he's taking a shower when um she gets a phone call so he doesn't hear the phone call but she goes downstairs to meet someone supposedly that has the correct bag or whatever but <clears throat> it all ensues so he comes out looking for his wife can't find his wife and he's like, where's my wife? He goes downstairs. The staff is like, kind of like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Whatever, you know. And that's the whole point. So he proceeds this whole frantic searching for his wife with no help from any authority figures or whatever. But he bumps into the girl who's now looking for her bag that the wife took by mistake because she's a known drug smuggler. But there's no, I don't know how you want to call it. This time she's not smuggling drugs which kind of like goes to like the Jack Reacher thing or whatever. But to myself, she's smuggling some sort of 
device, a Crichton something device or something or whatever. That's for nuclear detonation. And now the only way he can get his wife back alive is he gets the device, but the device got stolen by someone else. It's a whole thing. It's like Israeli embassy, but it turns out to it. But then the one girl that he pairs up with, the original drug smuggler, didn't realize she was smuggling the drugs, but she was smuggling something different, gets killed. And he ends up in the long run throwing the device into the the river in France, Seine River, with as the agents are looking at it going down in there trying to find it. You know, it's just it's got like you start off with this whole thing that turns into an espionage that turns into I just want my wife back and I will do anything for her to get her back. And the fact that you have this whole paranoia thing that's going on that I think is quite evident in a lot of Roman Plasky's movies that I really enjoyed because you don't know what's going on. It's He does such a good job at keeping that suspense going with that paranoia because yeah, you don't does. know what you're doing is right or not right or whatever. That's what I'm liking about it. And that's like, and to, to be, to say it, I mean, frantic is the correct word. Because he is frantic. He's trying to figure this out. And I did see this in the theaters, too. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I've never seen this. Yeah, I don't think I've ever... I knew of it, but I don't think I ever saw it either. And it is... And not them saying trying to say that it's dated. It does have a little dating to it. Whether or not it be visuals or not. But the whole point is, is it is, and the point is you have Gene Sisko and Robert Ebert saying two thumbs up, you know, it was a commercial failure. You know, yeah, yeah, they've yeah. always gave it, they've always gave it about a B minus, you know, I'm not saying a B minus is bad, but it's not bad, you know, and the on grand scheme of what movies are out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of I'm trying to see if it won anything real fast. No, I don't think it did win anything. But you know, they it's um they also said it's one of us I don't know, just call this up. It's vintage Polanski with a relentless paranoia, irony, diffident strangers and nutty cameo. So evidently British Film Magazine called it one of the most best since Chinatown. And, I, and I'm like looking at them going, he directed Chinatown? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, kind of like, you know, you don't think about those things, you know, once again, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Plansky typically goes to one film and one film only for me anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the movie we did first on the podcast with you, wasn't it? Rosemary's yeah, Baby. Rosemary's Baby, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Talk about Magnum Opus. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. No, it doesn't. And that's his. And that will always be it. And when I, you say Roman Polanski, the first movie I'm going to think about is that. And the fact that he did direct this. And that's one of the main reasons why I was looking through all the things. I was like, and I scrolled, you know. You know, you scroll Harrison Ford movies, da, 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 and you're looking, and I'm like, I had that VHS. <laughs> Let me find it. Oh, what do you mean? You know, and then the more and more I was reading some stuff, this and that on YouTube, I was kind of like, yeah, they're right. You know, and that's the funny thing is because you're just kind of like, 
Okay. And the more and more I was watching the movie, for the you know, I'm more, I'm sure I've seen it, I've probably seen it about four or five times. I was like, that is so Liam Neeson and every role he's been taking lately. I lately, swear to sure. God, yeah. you know. Somebody you know, took I don't my know where child, my wife, my was. wife, my son, something happened, and I got to go get it back. Yeah, and I don't, not knocking him at all, you know, because he does a great job at it, you know. You know, I'm a vengeful dad or whatever. And I was kind of like, where he is steadfast, I want to go figure out what's going on. I'm going to kill someone. I'm going to what I'm doing. I got a man over here going who's you can see the franticness in his face. It's just like, you can portray it. And that's why I think he's such a great actor is because not his his words in this movie were needed, but his visual face was so awesome. I mean, would you compare this, at least his performance, a little bit to The Fugitive, where he is a character that is completely not in control and trying to figure out what the hell is going on? Absolutely, because okay. I I wanted to I wanted to choose a few. I was looking at the fugitive also going back I and forth because that one as well. You know, on the same time, I was like, oh, it's kind of based off of the TV series. Do we not do something on a TV series recently? And I was kind of going back and forth. I just wanted something totally independent of what we've done recently, and that's why I chose this one. Okay, and it, you said it so wasn't thinking, streaming anywhere. I bet you it could well, be on our friends. Plex, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Could be. I mean, it says Voodoo. It says Google, and it's like two ninety nine. Everyone. I mean, I was I was being cheap. Do you check Voodoo? I think it's two ninety nine. Oh, I think you said Google. I'm sorry. I think it's two ninety nine. But like I said, once again, I was being cheap. Hey, I probably it, spent... you might as well watch it any way you got it. Well, no, I was be I spent thirty minutes hooking something up to a TV <laughs> yeah, player. Fair, yeah. You know where I could just spend two ninety nine. You know, click. I'm sorry, guys. Once in a while, you just you get it in your head. You're gonna do something. You just gotta do it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and the fact that I still had a VHS player. I just want to point that out. Well, we we got have one, one downstairs. <laughs> you never know when you need it again. At least I don't have. Oh, what is that? Not a beta, beta max. Yeah, <laughs> beta max. Yeah. What is that other one? I swear to God, my mom had that one. There was a laser disc. Yeah, the laser disc. The big one. The big one that looked like the disc. The records? The one that looked like the records, yeah. I think that was laser disc. Mm hmm. Yeah, Yeah, the good old days. The good old days. The Betamax were like the whole. I mean, I said that like a noise, like you guys know what I'm talking about, but. I don't know if you guys were there. I mean, VHS was totally different. It's like you put it in the side, it goes, and the other one's like, it's, I sound like a freaking 3PO thing going on right now. But no, I mean, I want to see if you have a moment out of a Harrison Ford movie. I want to give this like a 7.1. I'm not saying it's his best performance, but the fact that it kept me guessing do you do you remember the movie with Jimmy Stewart? Probably not. The man who too much knew too little or whatever was with his wife and his family, and next he gets caught up in a whole espionage thing. Uh, yes, to, vaguely. This is what it kind of reminds me of, and I don't want to compare those two actors together, but Jimmy Stewart and Harrison Ford. I mean, 
they're in their own category. You know, they eventually take command of it. They're frustrated, but they figure it out in the end and they, they persevere and they win. Not saying it's unbelievable. I can start being a super tornado and know what to do. And I can just like defeat all these espionage people. They eventually figure it out because they use their own know-how and wit. Right. And so this does have a happy conclusion then? Yeah, it does. Okay. It does. He, he, well, with Polanski, the girl that, know. <laughs> yeah. well, no, the girl way. that, the girl that initially, it was her bag that she was the known drug smuggler, mm-hmm. but she was trying to get her bag back from Betty Buckley, which was his wife. Well, and he actually befriends her because they're trying to figure out what's going on because they need to get the one bag to get the bag to get whatever. It's a whole thing going on. She, he realizes that the people that are wanting the bag are not for the right reasons, but she just wants to get the bag back to help out to get her payday because that's how she gets paid. She eventually gets shot and killed in the end because she does the right thing by saving him. Okay. By moving in front of the bullet. So the whole catalyst of the story was just an innocent mistake at the airport? Yep. Nice. Mistake at the airport. She grabbed the wrong bag. Check your okay. bags, people. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely check, check your bags. You, My cat just ate some vodka feta. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, she looked at it. I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My dog eats weed. I don't understand uh, it. Yeah. But looking yeah. at Harrison, like, Prepping for this podcast, like I didn't realize he was only nominated once. Yeah, and it was for Witness, which we yeah. just watched because we're I like prepping Witness for our eighty-five. That was a good flip. I almost I Witness is on Witness is on my list of ones that I like. I took it, took it from the like ten to five to three, and Witness is in the past in the bottom three for me to choose from. Yeah, Witness is really good. I really enjoyed that movie. That was a lot. the first time I'd ever seen that. That was like the but second he, or third. Do you think to me he's so I don't want to say he's making his mild, but at the same time it's it's just a, such a cool undertone. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, yeah. For sure. When I look at it, whether or not he's acting or not, it's just like I'm not saying it's monotone. Or, it's just like a, a cool undertone in everything he talks about in the, the whole movie. I mean, he's great in the movie Witness. Kelly McGillis. Oh, my God. Phenomenal. Yeah. Which I'm surprised one of you guys didn't choose that. I was surprised. I thought one of you guys would choose that one. Witness? Yeah. That was on my list regarding Henry Witness. But then I went with the newer one that was a supporting role. But mm-hmm. that was my main... I I could have went older, but you know what? I knew you guys were gonna go older, and that's why I wanted to bring something newer. Cause I kind of had the feeling that you guys were gonna go with. I knew Tom's idea was that or something else, and then I kind of knew you you always throw a curveball. So I knew it was gonna be something that I haven't seen, but I probably heard of the director, which I have. Or uh, so everything like how everything went out that's why i'm glad i chose my choice because we have one newbie-ish for him 
Yeah, but I was like, I, w- I thought you thought I thought you guys would think I was going to do American Graffiti. I was. I thought you may have picked that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it, all honesty, I think that what it was on my list. You know, you took the lit, and I took the ten, and kept on whittling it down. Yeah. Um, the reason why I did not choose it was because, to me, American Graffiti was more of an ensemble cast. Yeah, okay. that, that's, that's yeah, yeah. I can see that for sure. And there's so many people in there. I mean, <laughs> I don't think there was a breakthrough role on that one. Yeah. Yeah, that was my thought. No, what we watched a couple. We watched Air Force One again. That's a fun uh, film. Yes. But, yes. Uh, I'm trying to think. Are we missing anything? I mean, I just feel like we are. We just got There's done some... doing the '86 podcast, and there was a movie on there, Mosquito Coast. Oh, I love that one. Which I never takes seen. his family. Yeah, to... takes his family, and he moves them, and yada yada yada. That's the whole thing. That's a good one too. A buddy, our our buddy, we do the year in review podcast for '88 had a working girl on his list. Yes. Which to me, he is more of a dupe. I mean, I I don't know if I can. And I'm saying that Harrison Ford is a dupe. I'm sorry, guys, the ones <laughs> no. out there. But to me, it kind of reminds me of Made to Order. Whatever, what is that movie that Jennifer Lopez was just in? I mean, I don't. Not that he's comparison to that, but it was just kind of like, oh yeah, my god, I, just, I know what you're saying for sure. You know what I'm saying. Um, one of my grandma's favorite movies was Sabrina. Okay. Oh, remake. Yeah. I was thinking someone would do calling Call of the Wild. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. I I didn't think about that one, but I did want to, I haven't seen that. And then what was the other one? Well, K nineteen Widowmaker, but at the same time we just dealt with Jet Reacher, but no. Um Devil's Own with Brad Pitt. Devil's Own. Yeah. We made reference to um uh Hollywood homicide the last time we talked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other one I was thinking about was I'm trying to find it right now, real fast. Um I mean I know Ender's Game was a pretty big book series, but But it didn't go over well to me. Yeah. yeah. For and actually the one I was looking at also, I'm sure you guys thought I was gonna do it was Force Ten from Napero. <laughs> Oh snap! Yeah, but yeah. I mean, let's let's go ahead and this is something I'm going to call out here. This is something different. So let's take Harrison Ford. Let's rank his body of work. Scale one to ten. His what? Body of work. In comparison to other actors. Like, no hair, no. I'm just saying. You have submitted all your movies, and what is the overall grade you're going to give all of them? Your body of work, okay. the grade. Yeah, think about it. I mean, he's certainly top heavy. Yeah, he's played two of the most. I mean, two. Most definitely two of the most iconic characters in cinema history with Han Solo and Indiana Jones. 
You've got. And then he has some. He has a good, punctual, you know, poignant moments where he, is you know, career is punctuated by, actually exceptional, acting regarding Henry and a few other ones too. Yeah. Witness. Yeah. Um, yep. He took on uh, Jack Ryan, mm-hmm. so you've mm-hmm. got that. He has some duds with. Cowboys and aliens and oh some my others, god, yeah. but yeah, that yeah. was bad. That was really bad. But I mean, as an overall career, yeah, I would give him. I'm trying to think, because I'm trying to think of who I would rate better. There's a few yeah. for sure offhand. I I give him a eight, I think. Yeah, I was thinking an eight. Because there's so much more that I would put before him. Not so much, but there's not. Yeah. There are people whose career I would rather have than his. Yeah. But not many. No, absolutely not. I'm thinking 8.5 for me because I think he kicks it more with me with uh, the whole Star Wars thing. Okay. Well, that was like 8.5. I mean, mean, he's a good B+. The, or B. the one actor that just stands out of mine, and I'm just going to throw it out, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's linked with Martin Scorsese. Like, he's he's had some great roles. And that's one actor before him that's younger that I would rate that I, yeah. Robert be- De Niro. Robert De Niro, yep. De Niro. He's linked with Scorsese. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Yeah. I, I would even argue Cruz has had a better career. Mm-hmm. Just in longevity, and I mean, have you seen the new Top Gun? I will. We didn't watch it last night. I was drinking. Yeah, um, it's amazing. I have to yeah. myself. Jimmy, you know Jimmy Stewart, yeah, right there. I mean, you want to go back that way? I mean, Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, like I said, good eight. Yeah, that's what I was trying to look at everything. Yeah, I, I. He's in the upper echelon, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think, not that I want to call us out on this one. I think we need to, like, sometimes when we have such a, when we do an actor, maybe we should just rank their whole body of work. I swear to God, if you jump over there, I'm going to kick your butt. Sorry, moments. Devil. Devil, evil, Satan, spawn. (laughs) You know which one I'm talking about, but anywho. But I think sometimes we just have to kind of look at, they have such, you know, some people have just a huge body of work. You might have, like, a lot of movies you're in, but let's talk about how good they were. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking To re- reframe the question, who, what actor has played more, I mean, Han Solo and Indiana Jones? What actor has two better characters in his back pocket? None. Uh, I don't think I can't think of anyone right now. No, no, you can't top those two. Well, Ethan Hawke, not Ethan Hawke, Ethan, what what the hell? Mission Impossible. Oh, Ethan Hunt. He's he's got a few, I guess. Yeah. Ethan Hunt and something else. Maverick. You can't pass out Han Solo. I mean, you argue Indiana Jones and Star Wars, the one of the most high, both of the most highest grade grossing franchises ever i mean you got the marvel dc whatever anywho yeah but we're talking about in general i mean 
the iconicness of people knowing. How do you feel about him coming back for another Indiana Jones movie, though? Because I don't need it How do I feel about it? Yeah, I don't need it. Unless they're somehow going to pass the torch to somebody else to continue the franchise on. I don't need to see 85-year-old Harrison Ford running through caves and doing that shit. Like, the last Crystal Skull was fucking terrible. I just hope they don't go down that same road. I mean, they, I mean, were they trying to pass it off to Shia LaBeouf? I, think I don't know. They were, and but it didn't work. Shia LaBeouf turned out to be a fucking lunatic. But what I'm trying to say is, do I want to see it? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely I, see I, it. I want to say, I want to say, no, it. no, I'm, not, I, I want to say, no. Am I gonna have to see it? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. See, because if, it, if if that's what it takes to go to the next level that I'm going to have to do it. It it is what it is. I don't want him to choose someone stupid. No, of course. They better they I mean, you know, you it's the torch has to eventually be passed off eventually just like, you know, James Bond, Doctor Who, yep. something like that. That is a franchise that is never going away. They're always no. going to be making those movies. It's just a matter of how they do it. Mhm. They're going to have to find a way how to do it with him because they have to admit that he's now having his limitations. Yeah. Not his mental. I'm just saying his ability. I mean, I'll watch him anytime you want me to, but it's going to eventually have to happen. Yeah. So you better figure out how to do it sooner than later because sooner is better than later. Yeah, I think that's supposed to come out 23, end of 23, I think. Yep. I think they're filming it now, actually. Yep. And it's it's the whole thing, you know. You just have to deal with it. And it's just, you know, he's a great actor. I mean, he how old is he now? He's, uh, you know, I'm not sure. He's got to be in his 80s. Or close to it, anyway. Really? He's gotta be. God, I'm old. I'm having a moment. <laughs> you don't have a moment. You're good. He's 80. Really? Yep. Just turned 80 in July. Okay, we're drinking tomorrow night, guys, everyone. Just letting you know. <laughs> There's alcohol involved. We might have to be somewhere after my facial. Anywho, um, I swear to God, where did the time go? I mean, I remember watching him. It's, he's Han Solo and he's dropping around. And he's yeah. Mm. Yeah, my mortality kicked in everywhere. Okay. But no, I mean, Harrison Ford, I mean, I'm so glad we chose him. You know, I really am. You yeah. Know? Because he's a great actor and there's, he is, he is defined more than just by Harrison, just by Han Solo and Indiana Jones. He is, absolutely. And that allows us to be able to watch this because, you know, you talked about Sweet Adelaide. I want to be able to watch it again because yes, I want, I want to see him in more supporting roles now because I think he's great at that. And yes, I want him to teach up the new 
actors, even anything. I just, I want him to continue acting as long as he can because I enjoy seeing him in any aspect that I can. Yes. I agree. Sad face. Sad face, I'm so old now. <laughs> we're all old. No, we're not. No, actually, you're younger than me. Remember that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so next time, back to Jack Ryan. Some of all fears. Yeah. All Which right. is Ben Affleck, God help our souls. Ben Affleck. I oh, think Morgan God. Freeman as well. Oh, shoot. Yeah. All right. The shitty of all. Yeah. Let's do Would it. You? Let's do it. All right. Um, cool, cool, cool. I'll right. talk to you a little bit. Still loving it? Still loving it. Awesome. All talk right. to you later. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, shit got a little loose. Hopefully you understood everything. Whether or not you agree or disagree with our take on the movies, hopefully you learned something or were at least entertained. So come back for more Booze and Bullshit.